The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the best of talk of champions brought to you by Modern Woodman. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. On with me, of course, former Ole Miss defensive end Kentrell Lockett. And today's guest on Talk of Champions, former Ole Miss defensive end linebacker Jason Jones. Jason, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? For us, not a lot. For you, plenty. Ever since you left Ole Miss, you've had a a crazy path, I guess you could say, to what you're doing now. First, tell the people uh, what you're up to and, and what you got going on. Oh, well, most definitely, man. First of all, I just want to thank y'all for having me on, man. It's definitely a blessing and a privilege to be on. Uh, Contrell hit me up the other day and wanted me to come on, so uh, definitely uh, 
Uh, good stuff, man. But um, right now at the moment, y'all want to know what I'm doing at the moment. I'm out in um, out in uh, East Atlanta, East Atlanta for the most part, um, in Lawrenceville, uh, training some of the best athlete, best athletes in um, in Gwinnett County. Um, before I came up here, the word on the street was Gwinnett County was the SEC of Atlanta. So um, I figured that if if that's the case. I might as well live in the area and um, train some of the best athletes out here, man. And obviously, we got a lot of championship teams out here with uh, Grayson, um, Grayson High School, and Grayson Georgia with the Kendiji brothers coming from that high school, as well as uh, Brian Dixon, who uh, enrolled early at Ole Miss this spring. So uh, there's a lot, a lot of great athletes out here. So I'm having an opportunity to, you know, put my hand in the pot and um, give give them, you know, a little bit more than just athletic, um, athletic training, but also uh, get them, get them ready physically as well as mentally. So, what's a normal day like getting trained by Jason Jones? If Ben Garrett, big time prospect, walked into your into your gym, which let's be honest, that would never happen. But if it were to happen, and I was to step <laughs> into your gym, what what would be a, a typical day of training with Jason Jones? Oh, uh, a typical day of training, man. First of all, I have to grab my whistle, uh, so I so I make sure everybody's attention, everybody's focused. Um, Man, we'll we'll start out with you know pr- pretty much a dynamic warm up, and then from there, um, it, it, things can get pretty crazy. I mean, we can go outside to the bag, we can we can hit the weights first, hit the, then hit the turf, hit the turf first, then hit the weights, and um, so it's the typical day, man. The the grind can be inevitable. I mean, you just you just never know what's going to happen, honestly. So the guys are already always up for a treat because I try not to repeat uh, some of the things that I do. I promise I, fo- I follow you on Snapchat. I see those workouts. It's never the same thing duplicated. <laughs> Every day is something different. But, um, Jason, um, yes, man. now I've experienced ball in Canada, and you play ball in Germany. Just give the people a little right. insight on the difference in ball from the States and then in Germany where you played for that while. Man, I can tell you this. First of all, traveling to another country, you find out that every – Every country has its own swag, man. Just and, and this is not even on on the football aspect of of the of the question that I'm answering right now. But just going to another country, having an opportunity to experience the food, the people, the uh, you know, the time time on on the town, um, the different rules, the different um, uh, consequences as well as circumstances for things, rules bro- rules broken and everything. Um, but football over there was is is. Honestly, man, it's more of a intramural thing, um, except for the guys who they bring over as myself. If we bring um, an American over, he's the one that, you know, gets paid for the game. But a lot of the other guys uh, do it just as intramural. A lot of those guys have, uh, you know, work 40 hours a week, full-time jobs. Sometimes uh, they'll show up one day out of the week for practice and still play on a Saturday or a Sunday whenever we play ball, whenever we play the game that week. So, I think, moreover, I think the grind is still for us as Americans because we're trying to develop more film so we can, um, you know, obviously build our resume so we can show it to CFL teams, NFL teams. And um, so, it's, so it's, it's just different. It's, it's definitely different because everybody's not on the same, um, really not on the same grind as you as far as um, trying to get the job done on the field um, in another country. So it's just different, especially being in Germany. If someone was given that opportunity, would you advise them to go? Oh man, I would. Uh, it dep- I, I would have to say uh, it, it would be very circumstantial. 
um, based off of where they are now in life. And, you know, if they, you know, coming out of college, maybe 22, 23, I would say give it a shot just to, uh, you know, because it's an opportunity to, to for an experience that you never thought you would have. I mean, even I didn't think I would have that opportunity. Here I am driving from Oxford to Atlanta, um, finna get ready to train with the people that I signed with. And next thing you know, 24 hours later, I get a call saying, you know, asking me, do I want to go overseas? And I was like, well, at this point, it's a no-brainer. You might as well go enjoy. So, um, yeah, just, I would say wherever you are in life, um, if you're early out of college, take that opportunity, opportunity. I've been following you ever since you left and ever since we've yes, been sir. at Ace Boom Coom, everything. Now, I see you didn't start yes, like sir. the you like a motive. Hey, don't know yes, sir, man. Come on. Now, um, so I see you <laughs> like your motivational speaker, just speaking to the masses. Mm-hmm. Is this your way of service and giving back to the youth and just letting them know that there's dreams beyond football and there's other things you can do? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I actually uh, am the CEO and founder of, a, of an LLC by the name of Victory Beyond the Game where we uh, pursue purpose beyond performance. That's our slogan. And uh, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to build there is, you know, an opportunity for people to understand that, you know, there is purpose beyond your performance. And that's why I named the slogan the way I did. Because, you know, we have, we see many, many times we want to become so big in life and want to be praised for what we do as far as our performance. But just like, um, Michael Jordan, Deion Sanders, um, Kobe Bryant, Derek Jeter, on and on, and the list goes on. Even the greats have to have an opportunity uh, to to show what their purpose is in life beyond their performance. So um, what I do is I reach out to middle schools, high schools, uh, even colleges, you know, to try and have an opportunity to speak on um, how great your purpose is beyond the game and how great your purpose is beyond your performance on the court field or track. Well, for you, leadership's never been something that's new. It's always been something you've kind of gravitated towards and, and your teammates and coaches, they've kind of gravitated towards you in that respect as well. Your senior year, you went for 27 tackles, three and a half sacks, seven and a half tackles for loss, but really it was the leadership on the field in that 2012 season in which you go from two and 10 to seven and six in the BBVA Compass Bowl that really, mm-hmm. I think, was the, the greatest impact that you had. What is it about leadership that that has become so natural to you, or is it something that you kind of had to work on? I can be honest with you, man. I never really had to work on leadership. I just always, no matter what I what I participated in, I always wanted to be um, the top guy. And it wasn't it wasn't um, a arrogant thing. It was just I, I knew that I was going to always give my all. So when it came to certain things, my mindset was just always different. Even as a kid, uh, I never fought the crowd. I was always doing something different. I had my brother and my cousin. They used to go and they used to ride bikes. Yo, we about to go cut a corner and fight somebody. I'm like, okay, I'll see y'all when y'all get back. I'm finna go pick up a soccer ball, baseball, basketball, football, and find something to do that has something to do with what I really love and what I really enjoy. And just growing over the years, uh, being in high school and, and college, seeing how leaders lead has, has prepped me over, just prep it's prepped you over the years, you know. Um, sometimes wanting to be the best athlete causes you to be the leader simply because uh, you don't want to lose. And if you got to take matters into your own hands, that's uh, definitely definitely a characteristic of leadership uh, when it comes to being being an athlete. So I was just always there and always just wanted to, to, to do – to be the best. Not not actually stand out, but I definitely wanted to be the best. 
that 2012 season was pretty special because not only was it the first season of Hugh Freeze, but also to have the turnaround that y'all did to go from two and ten to seven and six. What went right for that team? What clicked? What? How did that happen? How did the turnaround happen? You're right there in the middle of all of it. What did you see change right. that allowed for two and ten to turn into seven and six? Um, honestly, what I saw from two and ten to seven and six was a group of hungry guys who were able to actually feed. But the number one thing we had to do is we had to buy in. As seniors, we had to buy in, so the juniors were buying. And when the juniors bought in, the sophomores bought in. Once the sophomores bought in, the freshmen bought in. So we had to lead the pack when it came to um, buying in with the new coaches and the new staff. And what I really what I can honestly say was, like I say, it was a hunger. And we saw an opportunity to feed, and we went for it. And uh, it's kind of like, okay, guys, this is our senior year. If you're not if we if you're not transferring, this is what this is what's ahead of you. This is what you got. Either you take it or either you leave it. We all decided to take it, and we all enjoyed it. We we enjoyed that ride along the way. Taught us a lot about about life period. Um, being in Ole Miss, we had ups and downs. We had seasons of being up, seasons of being down. And I know uh, I know Control can attest to that as well with the you know combo years and years prior to, but um. Yeah, we just we, we knew how to win, but it came to a point where we were kind of just stuck at what what to do next. And that's when the new staff came in and um, we ended up buying in. But we had a group of guys who really wanted to win and knew how to win. We just needed a little little bit something else that that I guess the coaching staff is what made, you know, one one of the biggest differences when it came to that um that seven and six season in twenty twelve. So I have to just address, like, initially started calling you Jay Jones, then it went to Jason Jones, then it went to Brother Jones, then it went to Deacon Jones. I'm going to tell you how I <laughs> got there and how I kind of embraced the Deacon Jones. I don't know if you recall right. when I was struggling with with um, battling, overcoming that knee injury and uh, all the swelling and everything, and you had experienced that already. And you remember we used right. to go in the player lounge and we used to pray over our knees before the game. Man, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't, I, I don't think you know how pivotal or, or how important or how big that was to me because not only was I, like, struggling with the physical to heal, it was the mental that I was struggling for the heal. But uh, yeah. but at the same time, you was, feeling, you was feeling those gaps for me every time we actually talked and every time we actually spoke and those inspirational words and, you know, little motivation here and there because you've been there twice. Yeah, man. Well, well, even before that, man, you know, I like like just just as you said, I had been through it before myself, and honestly, I experienced it young. So the first one I didn't know how to handle, and the second one seemed seemed to be, you know, okay, okay, it's the second time. Now I got to go through this again. But I knew what helped me develop. What helped me develop uh, physically was uh, the a determination of hard work. Period. And we all have we all have great work ethics, just just as yourself uh, a lot, and um. And I knew I already knew you had that, but sometimes that mental state is always missing, and sometimes that mental state is missing because of our spiritual life. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not getting our mind right mentally, and so um, I man, I just knew I just knew that that right there was um, perhaps the biggest portion of uh, making that comeback from from those kind of injuries, man. Because I know it can be it, it can be something that can that can really take a toll on people. I got another question for you. We talk about this yes. a lot here on Talk of Champions, and I'm just I'm curious to get your insight because you are a former Chuck and Mullins Award winner. 
Now, the year you won the one Chucky Mullins, you wore the actual number 38 on the field. Now, you you were injury-free that season? No flaws, no hiccups, or anything happened to you? Injury-free, man. Injury-free. So, so you were the one. Because we go backwards and forwards speaking on how they should actually let 38 rest. I've saw it, man, and I've heard it. We've talked about it. Even the years I was there, I still remember, man, uh, Ralph Williams. As soon as I won there with the next day, he asked me. He's like, man, you, you know, you think it's a jeans on man? Um, but, you know, I was honestly, man, honestly locked in, in my, you know, just in my spirit of time, just spending time with God, man. I was thankful that I was able to wear the number 38 and bring it back to the field that year. Um, simply because we can we can think that it's jinx on things and stuff like that. But before I won it, before I, when I won the award, the word that God gave me was restoration. Um, because, and, and I knew that there was, it was something bigger than me. You know what I mean? It was just something that was that 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 was bigger than me. So um, when I wore the number, I never really thought about the fact that I wore the number. I thought about the the honor of of wearing the number, and also like the task at hand, like to be chosen not only to win the award but to try to to have the opportunity to restore that um, that jinx or what whatever we may whatever we may call it. Um, that that was the the highlight for me, man. Honestly, when I think about it too, Jason, in regards to Chucky, the only the only issue I have is I thought it would be best to mm-hmm. honor Chucky by taking thirty eight off the field, putting eighteen back on, and that way you could open up the Chucky Mullins Award recipient as a captain and open it up to the entire roster and maybe give it to someone like that. So it, it's a it's a it's an award that I think not a lot of guys want to wear the number just because you want to have your own identity with it. But I also think that maybe right. you could open up the rest of the roster. Do you think that that's a viable thing, or do you really believe that it should be um, a defense-only wear-the-number kind of award? I, I, think it, I think it should stay defensive, man, honestly. I think it should stay as defense. And that's not being, you know, selfish or anything, but uh, I just think that it, just fit, it, it fits the mold. It definitely fits the mold, and um, the way they the way they've been doing it, obviously taking it off and putting it on, taking it off and putting it on the field. I think it's. I don't think anything should change. I, I like that is that is only defense because it it um it changes from a lot of other traditions and awards that other people may have in other uh, universities. So I actually like the way we do it. Just go back to your freshman year. Uh, actually, stepping foot on Ole Miss campus. Now, then go to your sophomore, uh-huh. junior, senior, and so forth. Remember all the players and everyone that came in. Out of the guys that came to Ole Miss and didn't finish, what one could? What players that you saw the athletic ability that really could have helped us, but never really saw the field? Hands down, I'm going with Pat Patterson first. Hands down. Oh yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. Yep. Definitely, definitely going going with Pat Patterson, man. One of the greatest guys to, to come and play at Ole Miss. Um, I have to I have to have a tie with uh, Nick, Nicholas Brazel. I have to have a tie with him. Those two right there are, I can say, are my are my top are my top tier guys that came to Ole Miss and, and then then finished. Even you know, even when Brazel um, had the second opportunity to come, thinking that you know he would be um, that that the second opportunity would bring more humility, you know, kind of didn't happen. But um, those will be my top two guys, and I honestly have to stop right there, like because you know you had Nick who. Was one of the one of the first players in history to start both both sides of the ball on offense and defense. So, um, yeah, those 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 two right there have to stop right there, man. Honestly, Pat Patterson is serving the country now. He's in the army. Oh yeah, yeah, he's in the army. 
Last I heard, he's in the that army. Oh, man. Well, hey. Who would have thought Pat Patterson, yeah. the guy who had a problem with authority, would be serving Uncle Sam? <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm telling you. That's crazy. But, but overall, I'm happy for him. Man. I'm definitely happy for him. What's the relationship to Ole Miss now? It's still there. It's, it's continuing to grow. Um, it's the best, the best five years of my life. And so, you know, I go back. They go um, work out in right there in the IPF. Uh, actually, when I went back for the Georgia game this past this past season, I had the opportunity to work out with some of the guys, some of the, um, the team the team this um, that Friday morning. And uh, you know, it's always welcoming. Um, locker room still the same. I get like I have access to that training room. So um, it's it's just you know even around the town and on campus, it's, it's still. It continues to grow every year. Getting to know new people, um, being surprised when people know you and, and you didn't realize that they did. You know, it's, it's still it's still uh, feel like that. You know, uh, guys, um, people that go to school there now um, that know me and that weren't in school when I was in school that watched me when they were in high school and you know so on and so forth. So it's just, it's always a definitely a blessing, man. I, like I say, best five years of my life, and I wouldn't change it for the world. He's former Ole Miss defensive end linebacker Jason Jones. Bro, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Great stuff, and and we'll definitely catch up soon. Yes, sir. Thank you all so much for having me. Y'all be blessed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.